2: Fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. And we have a very exciting guest today, folks. I'm so pleased that he could be with us. It's actor Russell Hornsby, one of the stars of NBC's fantastical mystery crime show, Grimm, which just happens to be one of my favorite new TV series. Russell has agreed to give us kind of an update on Grimm, as well as to talk with, uh, with us about his other acting experience in films, TV, and on stage. His movie credits include Get Rich or Die Tryin', Forgiven, Meet the Parents, Edmund, Big Fat Liar, Train Ride, and Stuck. He also boasts impressive work on such TV series as Lincoln Heights, In Treatment, Grey's Anatomy, The Good Wife, and Law and Order. On stage, he's appeared as the Scarecrow in The Wiz and played lead roles in To Kill a Mockingbird and In Six Degrees of Separation. Recently, he worked on Broadway alongside Denzel Washington and Viola Davis in Fences. Now there's dropping some names. Russell, thanks so much for being our guest today.
1: Betty Jo, thank you so much for having me.
2: Well, it's such a treat to have you with us and and I have lots of questions for you, but I wanted to mention first that to the listeners that are our- chat room is open, although Nikki Starr, our usual chat wrangler, can't be with us today, but I hope some of the listeners will sign up for the chat, and um, if they have any questions or reactions, that, that uh, I will try to catch them. Uh, I won't be as good at it as Nikki, but uh, we really appreciate the people who sign up for the chat as well as all of all of our listeners. Now... Russell, let's start out with Grimm, and I have to confess to being an unabashed fan of the show, what a creative and intriguing series this is, those special effects are really fantastic, so some of our listeners may not um, have seen Grimm yet, and uh, may not know what it's all about, so... How about giving us uh, just a little bit about the concept of the show and what you enjoy most about your role as Detective Hank Griffin?
1: Well, well basically, Grimm has uh, taken the Brothers Grimm, the Grimm's fairy tales, and sort of fractured them and um, twisted them on their uh, ear, on the ear, if you will. So what we've basically done is we're following uh, Detective Nick uh, Burkhart, played by David Gentoli, who is uh, part of a long line of Grimm's, and Grimm's are basically profilers uh, if you will, uh, Sears. And he is the only one that can see uh creatures uh, that are in human form in their real creature form. So as a detective, he's he's uh you know, solving crimes but also seeking out and trying to sort of rid the world of the bad uh blue bods and 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 whatnot uh that exist uh in the Portland metro area.
2: Yes, and I and um there you out there in Portland, you guys really have a lot of those uh, monsters <laughs> out there. That, yeah, they, that you're you're, they, they, get...
1: they, they chose Portland because of uh, because of the, the the way the the, uh, the city's made up, uh, the, the lush forests, lush greens, and it's a very uh, sort of dark and gray city, which really sort of adds to the effect as sort of one of another character. Uh, for, uh, for 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 you know, they said the the uh, the forest and the sea is very close to a uh, a, a German
2: forest. Oh yes, and it's very very atmos- atmospheric and uh, just a perfect setting for this uh, particular series. And and of course you um, do not know. I mean, your character, Detective Hank Griffin, does not know um, that uh, your partner is a Grimm. And so that adds a little bit of, well, uh, sometimes some humor to the to the interaction between the two of you. And I think I think that it's that's a, a good thing to have in this particular series. But what do you enjoy the most about uh, well, playing Hank Griffin?
1: Well, honestly, just the the level of uh, of joy and humor that I can bring to the role. You know, I mean, we're we're it's a, it's a cop procedural drama, and every week there's a you know, obviously a new crime and a new dead person. You know, and so anytime that you can infuse a level of humor and just some joy, uh, it makes for a really fun experience. And because of that, you know, David and I, along with our other fellow actors, just have uh, a, a ball. You know, on set every day uh, because basically because we're right, it's so dark, we're always trying to make each other laugh and uh, and just you know keep each other you know uh, laughing at it and. And uh, telling jokes and whatnot, so that's just a lot of fun. Just going to work every day is really a joy.
2: I imagine it is, and of course, you don't see um, when you're when you're filming. You, you don't see these changes that come over the the characters who look perfectly normal, and then when when your partner sees them as they are, as the as these monsters, and, the, and their faces change. It, that is, that's one of the best things I've ever seen on TV for for special effects. But you don't you don't see that. You just see them in your scenes as as regular people. Am I right I, about that? I am
1: absolutely. I'm very much a a, a lay person. Uh, I can't uh, you know I I can't see what what lies beneath. I just uh, I see them as, as they are. And I and, and as it stands right now, I I don't even really notice um, you know uh, my partner uh, David's character Nick. Seeing them or reacting to them either, but i but as you know the show moves as we move on and as as the show grows, I imagine that there's going to come a time where I'm going to have to know all the trade secrets at some point. one would hope
2: well, I hope so too, but you your um your relationship with him I mean sometimes you're you're kind of wondering you know what what's going on there and but um, I like the way you're you're kind of low low-key most of the time i mean you're very dedicated your character is but last week last week's episode you were um you had a chance to be uh very different in uh, the first part of those uh, of that episode uh how did you enjoy doing that i mean you you became you became pretty a pretty obsessed uh sort of uh oh almost an obnoxious character do you agree with me on that
1: Oh 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 absolutely. I think you know definitely uh Hank sort of stepped outside of himself a little bit and and uh but you know, there were these the it was surrounded by these special coins which basically brought out uh the you know the, the evil in everybody and so it it you have that notion of everybody's uh quest for some sort of, of power or control and that we all within us there is this this lust uh for control and power. And when I when they were in my possession, you, you started to see shades of that, you know. And as they as the coins were passed around, you, you got to see everyone's attitude uh, toward, you know, that longing uh, uh, for power, that longing for control. And when I had them for that brief moment, I was ready to take on the world and yes. anybody who, who stood in my way. Absolutely.
2: I was shocked, I tell you, shocked. <laughs> I didn't know what yeah, was going on. You know, on.
1: It's, you know it's, it's always fun to sort of, Play uh, against type or sort of play against character, you know, of one that you've been playing for a number of weeks, and just really get to ratchet it up and turn the heat up a little bit, uh, and really and really do some real character uh, work, which is re- a lot of fun.
2: That well, I re- I enjoyed that very much, and it was it was a, a shock to me, and it was so clever the way the story. Uh, did use the coins and and uh, the coins that have the swastika on them. I don't want to give too much away to people who haven't seen this and are going to watch this, you know, going to watch this series when it reruns and didn't didn't see that particular episode. I'll just tell them that so far I think that's episode thirteen and I I think it's the best one. Although um, I keep thinking the last one that I've seen is the best one because they keep getting better. But why do you think this show is becoming? So popular, Russell.
1: Well, yeah, I, I think you know. The, first off, I think it's just the groom's the, the idea of using the groom's fairy tales to tell these these stories is, uh, or it's, it's sort of rehashing, um, uh, uh, re sort of rethinking the groom's fairy tales is. I think is what's intriguing audiences, and I think for a lot of people. A lot of young people—they're being introduced to, to this side of the Grimm's fairy tales for the first time. I mean, yeah. obviously, we know a lot of the fairy tales through Disney, but obviously, they've been Disneyfied, so they've been—they've um, been watered down a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, when, when I think a lot of kids and a lot of young people are realizing that the Grimm's fairy tales were actually very dark and they served as cautionary tales, you know, uh, yeah. initially. And so, I think that's of interest to people. But also, our audiences. You know, our TV audiences love their procedural dramas, whether it be a cop show, a, a hospital drama, some kind of law show or whatever. They love their procedural dramas. And I think when you sort of take us and you put us in a different world uh, with these stories, I think it enhances all your storytelling capabilities, where it's not just us pursuing a um, some kind of, you know, not just playing typical cops and robbers. There are other mm-hmm. elements. Uh, Added to it Which makes it A lot more interesting
2: I think you're right About that And also uh, It's perfectly cast Because you And and your partner Are doing a great job And uh, the actor That plays Monroe
1: Yes Tell a little bit About that
2: that character And and that actor
1: Well he's just A fabulous actor I mean What you're seeing On the screen With him Is antics Uh, His personality is him, and I think he was perfectly cast. And also, more importantly, the writers have written specifically to his personality, which really helps. So, yes, uh, he is an actor. He is performing, but he doesn't have to step outside of himself and doesn't have to reach for that character. It's right there, uh, you know, within him. And he's just doing a beautiful, beautiful job. He is the kind of – he becomes that cult – uh folk hero that will that will be speaking about you know years to come you know the, as long as the longer the show goes uh the more you know sort of infamous that that character becomes as we move as we move down the road that just sort of weird uh idiosyncratic kind of guy who just has these weird personality uh uh you know kicks and whatnot so it's it, he's a lot of fun and just a very talented very smart actor.
2: Well, I um I hadn't I wasn't aware of of him before and um he he's just so much fun to watch and Silas Mitchell, I think that's Silas name. Weir
1: Mitchell, yes.
2: Silas Weir Mitchell, and of course he's uh, the ref, for listeners who haven't seen seen the show, watch for Monroe when you start watching because he plays the uh, okay he's one one reviewer called it a reformed big bad wolf so he's one of these absolutely. story he's one of these uh, evil storybook creatures uh but he's what no, you, he wants you to,
1: fall in love with
2: yes you fall in love with him he he it, wants to help he's helping now absolutely
1: and, <laughs> the grim good of the and, good guys which makes it easy for you to love
2: him oh he's, he's just doing such a great uh, job and i think um the the creators of this series at least two of them had um, worked on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, am I correct on that too?
1: Well, yes, um, uh, yes. Uh, David uh, Green David Greenwald worked on uh, worked on Buffy, and uh, and for a time the other uh, writer Jim Kalp did for a moment. But he also he he wrote the uh, the film National Treasure as well.
2: Yes. Yes, so, there's, so they're,
1: they're both very experienced and very accomplished uh, writers. And I think now they, they've gotten to a point where they've gotten a chance. This one is theirs, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, having been in the business for, for over 30 years, they got to a point where I think Grimm is their baby. You know, and they're certainly creative. creative. Absolutely.
2: They and let's let's hope that and I think it will that Grimm is is as successful as the National Treasure movies and and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it's certainly um, a treat to watch. And um, you're just you're doing a great job. In fact, when I was talking with my husband, I said, "Is there a question that you'd like me to ask uh, Russell?" And uh, he said, "No, just say Russell." You're doing a great job. Keep up your good work. So I'll pass that. We'll tell your husband and thank you. I appreciate
1: that, I, and I will do my best.
2: I will tell him that you that you're going to do your do your best, and I know that, know that you will uh, will do that. Well, can you give us just a little hint before we go off of Grimm, A little hint uh, to what's coming up tomorrow night in in the I think it's called the the Plumed Serpent. The the teasers look pretty scary.
1: Well, I, you know, I'm told I can't get too much, but uh we we do we do find out that uh Hank has uh is 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 going to have a love interest of 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 a sort. And oh. th- th- that will that will be a, a tangle uh a tangle web will be woven and uh, we we'll, we'll find out a, a lot about about Hank and his past and uh his interests.
2: Um
1: but you know, all is fair in love and war. So uh, there'll be some there'll be some interesting dynamics, and that's about all they're letting me sort of talk about uh, okay. with the next show. So, but no, you'll have I to just tune know. in and see. It should be very interesting.
2: Well, I'm I'm I can't wait <laughs> to see that. And um, I I should ask you if you have a favorite episode. I bet you, you're oh, you know, to,
1: I, I, I can't, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed them all equally. Yes, I do agree that last week's episode was one of our best uh, thus far. But, um, but you know, honestly, it's just such a new experience for me right now that I'm just enjoying the. I am enjoying the process. I'm enjoying reading the scripts every week and enjoying, you know, catching up and just watching the shows. And I'm still sort of, kind of just in awe of the whole thing. You know that it's had. Um, that's got such a response up to this point, and we've had we we have such a cult following. And I never, you know, it's just like you kind of have to pinch yourself. So I really haven't had a chance to sort of really digest it all and sort of you know to, to realize that I'm that here I am in this world of grim.
2: Oh, I, I can see why you would why you would feel that way, and, but you know this uh, is Movie attic headquarters, Russell. So. I would be remiss if we didn't spend some time talking about uh, your movie roles. And so I wanted to know um, you've made several movies, and I think you even won a Best uh, Actor award for for one of those movies. Um, for is it Forgiven?
1: Uh, y- y- uh, yes, yes, yes. At the uh, I won Best Actor at the Bend Film Festival in uh, in Bend, Oregon. Well, congratulations! Uh, about, about four years ago.
2: Thank you. And uh, and then you've had, um, of course, uh, you've had also other nominations for your work in uh, television, which we'll talk about later. But I but I did want to stay with with the movies right now. Yes. Um What what's been your favorite movie role and why? Um, my favorite
1: movie role was uh, I played. I, his name. I was in a film called Stuck,
0: yes, Stuck.
1: and directed by um, by Stuart Gordon, uh, based on a true story. And I played a uh, a cowardly drug dealer named Rashid, okay. and I had I had a lot of fun with that role because I, it was sort of my first stab at at comedy, you know, and. Uh, Ooh. And and you know I had always been such a up to that point been so so heavy in, in the drama side of things and doing all these heavy and dramatic characters on stage and and playing the heavy doctor uh, you know uh, always just basically playing the heavy and I think you know it's it's so hard to sort of break out of that and 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 let you know directors and cast directors see that you can do humor and that you can, that you are funny that you do have a sense of humor that you can play a lighter side and okay. so the first, so i had an opportunity to play the lighter side and i had just had a i had it was i had a ball and i used for the character it was basically this um the story was about about a a woman who is a nurse
2: on her way home
1: she comes home she's inebriated and she hits a homeless person he gets stuck in her windshield and she goes huh. home and he she ends up leaving him in her her garage, and the guy just wriggles and wrestles to get out of being stuck in the windshield and, and tries to escape well she uh, elicits my character, who is her boyfriend slash drug dealer uh to help her get rid of him and that and of course these this comedy of errors ensues, and you know this these sort of this these this odd couple. Trying as they might to like figure out to no avail how are they going to get rid of this who they think is this dead guy who is stuck in her windshield.
2: Oh, that and, sounds so interesting.
1: And, and so I, I used, and so that was just me, just and her, you know, having this this lovely mutton jet comedy routine, you know, for countless scenes in the film, and it was a blast. The woman uh, who I played opposite was uh, Mira uh, Mina Savare. And uh wow. and we just we we had a we had a lovely time. So that to this point has been my favorite role. Um, you know, and that's and that's pretty much the reason why. I just I had to enjoy, you know, doing comedy, playing the funny, if you
2: will. Well, I'm gonna have to see that. I uh, it's probably available on Netflix. Absolutely um, is.
1: Yeah,
2: I will definitely put that on my Netflix uh queue. And then you had um Okay, but in Forgiven, the one that you won the Best Actor Award for, that was more of a heavy role, right? A death row inmate?
1: Yes, yes, yes. There's not much funny about, you know, a a death row uh, inmate who gets a reprieve uh, from from the governor and um, ends up sort of trying to piece his life back together, you know, and he returns home to confront the... um, the prosecuting attorney who helped was uh instrumental in putting him uh who who sent him to prison and uh sent him to the death uh penalty but um that's that was just a heavy drama it was it, it was fun in its in its own way but it was just different um you know and again that at the time that was sort of more my comfort zone you know and obviously as you grow and evolve as a person. And as an actor you you're always excited and willing to, you know, and looking forward to trying on, you know, sort of different characters. And so since then I've I feel like I've grown immensely uh as an actor.
2: Well that was um that was uh, excellent uh uh for your career that you you got the best actor at that that's uh, film festival. So congratulations on that. And then your your resume includes Meet the Parents and Big Fat Liar. So th- those are are pretty mainstream movies that uh, yeah, you know, were, were big we're, at we're the, the box of office. Those,
1: those were those were actually building blocks. You know, those were those jobs you go in. You you know, you say two or three lines in one, and then you got like you know two or three scenes in another. And you know, those are those kind of roles that you know you look back and and you and people realize, oh yeah, that's where he, you know that's where he got his start. You know, on on doing those sort of big budget small role uh, small roles in big budget films. You know, uh, it was a lot of fun, but uh, they, again, those were those were stepping stones, which was great. It's great to have those on your resume.
2: Yes, and it, you do have a very impressive resume, and the, the television credits that you boast on your uh, resume are quite impressive. Uh, and I noticed that you won the Vision Award in 2010. Best perform or nominated? You were nominated. For uh, best performance in Lincoln Heights, and in in treatment, and that's oh. congratulations on that. Uh, you've done so so many TV series. A lot of them are are uh, some of my favorites. What what did you enjoy the most? Which which um, well, series I, did you funny. enjoy? I, I
1: really I really enjoyed my first TV drama, which was with Audrey Brower, was called Gideon's Crossing. And that was one that was a hospital drama. I really enjoyed that just because it was my first, and I started at such a high level at the time. But I have to say, you know my, my favorite uh, experience, my most joyful experience was working on Lincoln Heights for four seasons. You know here you are you, you, you're a police officer who decides to come back to his old neighborhood and serve this and serve your community. And you know, being able to work with a lot of young people. We gave you know a lot of young actors an opportunity to work uh a lot of young actors to to grow and I felt like I was really uh instrumental uh in a lot of their growth and sort of you know just sort of helping them um move along you know in as as actors and as young people you know and I think that that experience was it helped me a great deal because you know you realize that you learned. A lot over the years, and once you, when you have a, a, an opportunity to sort of uh, to give back, that's when you really realize that uh, and come to understand that you have a, you feel like you have a lot to offer, you know, young people, just sort of helping them, helping guide them, uh, being a, a leader to some, you know, and I was, a, I felt like I was a leader in the community as well because we, we actually worked in uh, the African-American community of Los Angeles. And so a lot of people got a chance to see us working, got a chance to see me, and I got a really good chance to interact with a lot of our community uh, firsthand. And so that, with all of, all of the things that I was able to do while on the show, but also as a byproduct of being on the show, made, made it my favorite and most uh, memorable experience.
2: Well, hooray for uh, Lincoln Heights! Then, and um, you were very, very good in that uh, in that series, and I want to congratulate you on that too. But we we must talk about your career on stage. I can't believe that you did play the Scarecrow in The Wiz, and then you've worked with Denzel and Viola on Broadway recently. So, what was the most memorable thing about that?
1: Well, I, uh, to be honest with you, I am I, I am a huge fan of August Wilson, who wrote the play Fences uh, that I was uh, so fortunate to work on with uh, Denzel Washington and Viola Davis, and I had you know my first major job was doing August Wilson's Jitney, which I toured for two years and ended up uh, culminating in a off Broadway run um, in New York in, in the in 2000 right before I made my leap to television. And mm-hmm. so, being able to come back, you know, after doing uh, a lot of August Wilson's work in the regional theaters and and and, and off Broadway, being able to come back and do, be on Broadway for the first time in an August Wilson play was uh, was truly an honor. Uh, I, I would like to, my, honestly, my most memorable time again was really the people uh, who came to see the play. You know. You know, they uh, oftentimes they say that uh, African-American, you know, community doesn't support theater, that we don't go. But you wouldn't know that by the throngs of people who were outside our theater after every performance, just there to see Denzel, to congratulate the other actors, and just to support the work, which was truly an honor. And, you know, and just to sort of interact and sort of see and hear and feel how Uh, the audiences were impacted by the show and how how impacted they were and how much they appreciated the show being done that's that's was that was probably one of the most memorable you know experiences of working on Fences
2: oh I can certainly understand uh, why and I just wish that I could have been part of the audience for (laughs) for that particular play I Russell, we have just scratched the surface here, and it's time. I know that you have to leave after thirty minutes. We only have a couple of Absolutely, minutes, a understood. couple of minutes more here, and I promise to let you go after thirty minutes. So, is there anything else that you'd like to to add, um, as far as um, maybe any advice for wannabe actors or um, anything about any uh, new projects coming up? Uh, just whatever you would like to say before I let you
1: go. The only thing I will say just about any, um, you know, any actors uh, that are trying to pursue, you know, acting as a profession, if you're going to make sure you love it, you know, and that's what I would say to anybody. Just make sure that you love, that you love acting and you're doing it from a place of love and not anything else because it's, it's, it's too difficult to be in it otherwise, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people who watch reality television or think that they can get rich by, you know, by doing it or pursuing it because of the money, you're going to end up disheartened and um, unfulfilled, I believe. So, you know, my advice would be just pursue it with, uh, with energy with, and with a fervor, but also, more importantly, with a love of the artistry and of the craft of acting, versus the celebrity of
2: it. I think that's great advice, and so any the actors who are uh, listening, please uh, think about Russell's advice and uh, follow it uh, as best you can. Well, we're, we're now down to, um, to only one more minute, and I'm going to use okay. that time to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit us, but I hope that you will agree t- to come back because we we have so many more things that we'd like to to talk with you about or come back when you have another project. Would you agree to do that?
1: Absolutely, Betty Jo. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
2: Well, you're very welcome. It's been our pleasure having you on our show. And so we'll we'll say bye for now. And, and uh, I'm going to be watching you on Grim tomorrow night. And dear listeners, I hope you'll do the same. And that's on NBC. And you'll che- please check your your um, local uh, TV schedule for the for the for the time. So Russell, thank you again. And and we'll be watching you.
1: Absolutely, Rachel. Have a good day.
2: You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. What a talented guy. I hope Russell does drop by again soon. And I can hardly wait for the next episode of Grimm, which I've mentioned, uh, airs on Friday night on NBC. So uh, it's time to wrap things up now. We we had a, a shorter uh, show than usual. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, and for featuring this episode as one of today's picks. We really appreciate that. Thanks again to Russell Hornsby for his wonderful interview, as well as to Nikki Starr for all her help, and to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in today. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next Tuesday for a special episode devoted to favorite film songs, and then the following Tuesday for a celebration of the 70th anniversary of Casablanca. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our film reviews at RealtalkReviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, RealtalkReviews.com. Well, that's all for now, folks. So here's Brian Ferry to help us get ready for that Casablanca anniversary. Bye-bye. His with his rendition of as time goes by. Sigh.
0: You must remember this: a kiss is still a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh. The thunder. Things apply as time goes by. And when two lovers woo, they still say, I love you. On that, you can rely. Hush.